but I want to tell you something. It's a vital one if we're really going to be saved. You know, and I, I'm not here to pick on anybody, but the denominal world anymore, it seems like it's all about self-help and it's all about you can make it, but they don't ever tell you what you really need to do to make it. But I'm going to tell you, without the blood, you ain't going to make it. Hallelujah. There's a huge church in Houston, Texas, and I read an article about the pastor of it one day, and he stated that he was not going to be a doctrinal preacher, but he was going to be a preach for situations and to help people. Let me tell you something. If we don't preach the doctrine, we ain't helping anybody. Amen. I know his doctrine's a little <clears throat> messed up anyways, but amen. I'm thankful for the blood today. Thankful for the blood today. Amen. If you came here to hear a sermonizer this morning, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Amen. I'm just a country preacher with a little bit of hillbilly in me. Amen. But uh, I feel something today, and Lord put this on my heart a couple of weeks ago, actually, and been working on it, stewing on it, and this morning, I guess, is when we're just going to see what happens. Amen. I've never preached this before. Y'all have been getting some originals here the last few days. Uh, that's not always the case because I don't believe that God gives me a message one time and it's done. And I will re-preach things even though they never come out the same way twice. In fact, my wife has heard everything that I've ever preached. I mean, there was a few messages that I preached before I met her. But uh, she's probably heard all those too. And I remember one time preaching. She goes, man, I've never heard that one before. And it's like, yeah, you have about ten times, praise God. Amen. But... You know, sometimes we can throw an extra story in there or something. And, but, you know, God just takes over, and, I, and that's all I want to do. I pray every time before I preach, before, if I'm preaching or not preaching, I pray that God just help me be sensitive to his voice. Amen. I want him to take control because I can't do anything. I, I'm no orator. I'm, I'm nothing. But as, as the elder was already stating, if God doesn't show up, we're wasting our time. Amen. I'm trying to preach his word, what he wants to come forth. Amen. It's not about what I want to preach. If I wanted, to, if I always just preached what I wanted to, it would be a. We'd try to go high every service, but but we can't do that because I have to be submitted to Him. Amen. I believe as a, as a man of God or preacher that I am. Amen. Just God's spokesperson. I'm just trying to speak on His behalf, what He would have His people to hear. Amen. Feeding what He wants His people to eat. Well, praise God. Amen. That's what I'm going to attempt to do this morning. If you turn with me to the book of John, chapter number 4. Amen. This might seem like a strange passage of Scripture, but I'm just having mercy on you because I could read this whole chapter, and we just about will after you sit down. But we're just going to take a few verses to launch from. Amen. In John, chapter 4, we begin reading at verse number 3. John 4 and 3 says, He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Praise God. Amen. He must needs go through Samaria place that no Jew liked to go. In fact, if I understand history correctly, they usually would take the long route to go around Samaria, even though the shortest route led right through it. But Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. Hallelujah. 
for a little bit this morning. I won't preach. He came to me. He came to me. Lift your hands. Ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's a wonderful teacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands. Give the Lord some praise in this place. Ah, oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I love you. I give you praise. Give you glory, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. The Lord said, I, I've got to go through Samaria. And when he came to the city called Sychar, he, he, he sat down there at Jacob's well. Amen. And he sent his disciples into the city told him to go get some food and and, and he sat there in and, and, and this woman came to the well and she came to draw water in verse 7 and Jesus said give me to drink and the woman said unto him how is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me which am a woman of Samaria why are you asking me for a drink you don't want nothing to do with me them Samaritan, the Samaritan, whatever, they, they, they were, I don't know how to say this politically correct, but that they were a mixed breed. They were, they had mixed, it was Jews and mixed with the Gentiles and, and they were looked down upon. They were not who the Jews want anything to do with because they were not of pure race and pure blood. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's the reality of it. And, and they didn't want nothing. She goes, so how is it that you being a Jew ask me a Samaritan for a drink? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 9 verse 10 said, Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. She said, How can you give me anything? Because this well is deep and you have nothing to draw with. She was not understanding the words that he was trying to tell her. She, it was, she was thinking in the natural, but he's talking in the spiritual. Hallelujah. And in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She still wasn't getting what he was trying to say. She said, Hey, he can give me some water, and I'll never be thirsty again. I'll never have to come and toil at dropping down the bucket and lifting it back out of the well. I won't have to come and draw if he gives me this water. But he's talking of something spiritual. Hallelujah. Verse 16, Jesus said, go call thy husband and come hither. And this is where it gets a little tricky for her. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus answered, said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. 
and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. Now, can you picture this woman? She's never seen him before. She comes to the well, and there's a Jew sitting there that thinks she's lower than dirt. And then he asks her for a drink. And then he tells her that if she drink of the water he gives, that she'll have life everlasting and never thirst again. And, and then he said, go call your husband. And she truthfully answered him, I have no husband. And he looked at her and goes, that's right, because you've had five, and the one you're with ain't even married to you. And I love her response. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Something about that every time I read it makes me laugh. I perceive that thou art a prophet. You just told me my life history. I have a perception. You're a prophet. You can see where I've been. And I'm going to tell you something. He also saw what she was really feeling and what she was going through and what she was living in. Because I'm telling you, a life that has had five husbands and the one she's with, she ain't even married to. It's not a life of joy. It's not a life of peace. It's not a life of happiness. But Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. And then she tries to get spiritual with him. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said that her woman believed me. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. She's talking about the Messiah that was coming, not realizing that she's been having a conversation with the one that was coming to help her, with the one that was coming to bring life, with the one that was coming to change lives. She said, when he comes, he said, hey, you're talking to him. I am he. She left him. And the disciples have come back at this point, and they're like, what in the world? It's going on here. They didn't say nothing. They didn't, probably didn't want to, probably scared someone would talk about them if they were seen talking to a Samaritan woman. They just sat there. And she went back into the city. I love this part of it. She went back into the city. And she began to tell me, this man knew. He told me my whole story. This man told everything. And, and they came. In verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Hey, man, I know that's a familiar story to most of us, but I want to tell you something. He didn't let her make her come to where he was. 
But he said, I must needs go through Samaria. I don't care who talks. I don't care who looks at me bad. I don't care who looks down upon me. I've got an appointment at the well with a woman that needs me, with a woman that wants her life to be changed, that wants something different. And I must needs go to her. I've got to go to her because she can't come to me. He went there and he met with this woman. And I'm going to tell you something. This was a woman that had no hope. But when she left the well, she had hope. There were some men in that city that she came and told. They didn't really believe her. But when they came and heard his word, they believed also. Because he came to them. Well, hallelujah. I'll just ride with me for a little bit this morning. Hallelujah. He came to them. He came where they were. If you would, he came down to them. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter what walk of life we come from. I want to tell you, he will come to you. In Luke chapter 19, we have here a Another familiar story. In verse 1, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. Oh, I love that. He sought to see Jesus, who he was. He had heard the stories. He had heard the whispering. But he said, I want to see with my own eyes who he is and what he is. I've got to see it with my eyes. And could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He wanted to see Jesus who he was. And when Jesus came, he looked up in that tree and said, Zacchaeus, he already knew who Zacchaeus was. <laughs> Zacchaeus didn't really know who Jesus was, but Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was. And he knew inside of Zacchaeus uh, there was a hunger to be a different person than what he was. He was that chief amongst the publicans. He, he was a rich man. And I'm telling you, it wasn't most likely honestly gained. But he had stolen. He had cheated. And he had got this great wealth together. But there was something missing in his heart. And so he desired to see Jesus. And so Jesus came by and said, Zacchaeus, today I'm going to your house. 
today I'm going to your house. And I'm telling you, when Jesus came to Zacchaeus' house, when Jesus came to Zacchaeus, is when the life of Zacchaeus changed forever. When Jesus came by. I tell you what, it starts with a desire in here to see him. It starts with a hunger inside of us to see him and to know him. And I'm telling you, when there's a hunger, he'll come by. He'll stop by. He'll come to your house. He doesn't care about the wagon tongues. He doesn't care about the opinion of others. But he'll come where you are. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about your reputation. He'll come where you are. He'll bring salvation to your house. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to me. Hallelujah. The change happened when Jesus came to him. But there was that desire to see him. But Jesus came by. And he has songs written about him now. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I want to tell you something. There was a hunger inside of that man of soul stature. You say, why would he be? He had everything. He was wealthy. He was rich. I want to tell you something. Money can't buy what Jesus can bring to you. All the money in the world cannot buy joy. It cannot buy peace. It cannot buy happiness. It can't buy contentment. It, it can't buy any of those things. It can't buy healing. The wealthiest in the world get sick and they die. I want to tell you something. That doesn't matter how much to you at all. How much you have at the end. Job was a wealthy man. But he said, I came in this world naked. And naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a surety that we brought nothing with us. And it's sure that we're taking nothing with us. All the wealth that we can gather together is not going to buy us anything. For ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Zacchaeus could have had all the money in the world, but it wasn't going to buy what Jesus brought to his house when Jesus came by. And he was willing to give away everything because he realized that Jesus had what he really needed. My Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The money couldn't buy it. But he said, I'll give half to the poor. And if I've, if I've done it wrong to anybody, I'll restore them fourfold. He said, because money don't mean nothing. Salvation's come to my house. This next story I'm going to preach about a little bit. You may think it's kind of a crazy story but to preach about today. But, hey, man, I... Bear with me. John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. 
It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, now you'd think if he loved him, if he really loved him that much, that as soon as he got the word, he would have headed to Lazarus' home. It says here that when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. He was sick. He was in a bad place. And they sent word to where they knew help was. But help was delayed. Because he stayed there two days. Verse 11 says, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. And that's good. He's resting. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. A little melodramatic. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now I'm going to tell you something. It's over in our minds. Our cliche is, is as long as there's breath, there's hope. But he was in the grave four days. Verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Skip to verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. His friend, sick unto death, 
But Jesus didn't come yet. Jesus stayed where he was two more days. He was wanting to show these people some things. Amen. And so Lazarus was sick. Lazarus died. They put him, they prepared his body. They put it in the tomb. They put that stone over that cave mouth. Uh, Amen. And it was over in their mind. It was just grief and sorrow and hurt. And then Jesus came by. And they said, man, if you had come earlier. He said, hey, hold on just a second. I'm going to tell you, you believe that something great is going to happen. If you just believe something great is going to happen, the thing that's dead right now, I could put life into it. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he went and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of there all bound up in them grave clothes. And he said, loose him and let him go. And many believed on him. Now I'm going to try to tie this together. I'm not going to take very long today. In John chapter 10 verse 7, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He said, I'm the door. I am the way. The thief came not before to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come to bring life and life more abundantly. Y'all are so confused right now where I'm going with this. But just hang on. Amen. Don't go to sleep on me. I know it's Sunday morning. Maybe we need to jump up and sing Father Abraham real quick. But I'm going to tell you something. God wants to do something in this house this morning. God wants to help somebody that's brought a need to him today. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. We were dead in sin. We had no life. We were hopeless. We had no breath of life. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But he came and he quickened us. He came and brought that life and life more abundantly. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's what we were. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus 
That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You hath he quickened. Who is that you? That's every one of us that are in this place filled with his spirit. He quickened us. We were dead in trespasses and sins. But he came and he quickened us. He brought life where there was death. Living a life of sin leads to eternal death, if you would. But he came to bring life and life more abundantly. He came. He came. He came in this place this morning to bring life to somebody who was in dire need of it. Amen. You're living a life without him. And I'm telling you, you're in the right place this morning because you've come with hunger. And he came by to quicken you and to bring you together and set you in a heavenly place. I don't care if you're a young person or an adult that was raised in this place. You are still dead in sin. You still had that nature of Adam. You still had that sinful nature. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we were dead in our sins. But he came and he breathed into us the breath of life. He came and breathed on us. Gave us life when he came to me. In John chapter 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at that last day. No man comes to him. Amen. We, we, we feel like we have that hunger. We, there's a desire in us to do something different. But you're not getting that way if he doesn't draw you. Except the Father draw him. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. He came to me. Hey, I know this is simple. This is simple today. But Jesus wants to go home with you. You might be up in a sycamore tree right now desiring to see Jesus. But I want to tell you, Jesus wants to go home with you. Jesus wants to go home with you. Amen. It's not enough just to come and be in his presence in this building, in this place, gathered together with the people of God. But Jesus wants to go home with you. Can I take him home with me? John 14 and 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. 
I will come to you. He said, hey, you're, I'm with you right now. We're walking together, disciples. We're living together. We're eating together. We're going together every day. He said, but I've got to go, but I'm not leaving you forever. I've been with you, but I shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. There's only so far that we can move toward him. But he has to come to us. He said, I'm not leaving you comfortless. I will come to you. Man, I've been with you. We've sat down at the dinner table together. He said, but I shall be in you. And everywhere you go, I'll be right there with you. I'll be inside you. I'll be your comfort. Hallelujah. Someone needs to pray right now. I don't know what we're fighting in this house this morning. I want to tell you something. God still wants to do something in this house. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and let's talk to the Lord for a moment. God, you're wonderful. Hallelujah. Lord, take every thought into captivity right now, God. Lord, we need to focus in on you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 His desire is not just to meet with you in this place this morning. His desire is not just that you would feel his touch and feel his presence, but that when you walk out of here, that you would walk out with him in your heart, with him living in your soul. He said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I'm telling you, he's in this house this morning, and he's reaching, and he's pulling, and he's drawing. But I'll tell you what, you got to open up your heart. And you gotta let him in. Zacchaeus, we would never have this story if Zacchaeus would have refused to let him come to his house. If Zacchaeus hadn't opened the door and invited him in, we would never have this story because Jesus is outside and he's knocking on the door of your heart. But it's up to you to open that door and let him in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But you got to open the door. You can get all excited if you want to. There's someone visiting you. If you don't open the door and invite them in, they're just going to go away. And I'm telling you, Jesus is here. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. But you've got to open your door. He came to you. But you've got to have a willingness to open up every door in your heart. And to let him have fun. You got to open up the door and let him in. 
He said, I will not leave you coverless. I will come to you. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was not an empty promise. He said, I will come to you. And they were in that place tarrying. They were in that place seeking him. And when that day was fully come, they were all filled. No, the story didn't end there with 120. They went out in the street. They were accused of being drunk. But Peter, standing up with the 11, began to preach unto them. Jesus and him crucified. And they were pricked in their hearts. They were pricked in their hearts. Conviction hit them. Religious men and women. There for the feast of Pentecost. Devout Men were pricked in their hearts and said, man, brethren, what shall we do? What do we have to do? We crucified him. We were consenting unto his death. What do we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. The only receptive of salvation that you really do, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words that he testified and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that... Gladly received his word, were baptized. And the same day they were added to them about 3,000 souls. Them that gladly received his word. Jesus came to them. That woman at the well is doing what she did. I've heard it said, and maybe it's true, that that wasn't really the normal hour to go draw water. So usually they did it earlier. There's some supposition that maybe she was trying to avoid the others. Because of the life she had lived. But Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to be at that well when that woman comes to draw water. I've got to be there when she carries every burden 
<laughs> every scar, every hurt, every failure, when she brings it to that well. He came to her. Zacchaeus sitting there in the tree, wealthy, rich. But he said, man, I want to see him, who he is. I wonder if this man Jesus can do anything to fill the void in my heart, in my life. And Jesus came to him and went home with him. Lazarus is dead. He's beyond hope. The Lord said, no. I just want to show some people that I came to bring life. You may have walked in this place this morning. If you'd stand with me. If you, you may have walked in this place this morning and there's some sin in your life. I want to tell you, Jesus has come and he's knocking on the door of your heart. I'm not going to end this one screaming today. Because Jesus is there knocking. But you've got to open the door and say, I have got to have him come in my house. I know that when I invite him in, he's going to show me some things. But that's okay. I'll give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've ever done anybody wrong, I'm going to restore them fourfold. Because I don't care because salvation is coming to my house. But I've got to open the door. Lazarus couldn't open the door. He was dead, but someone else said, you know what? I'm going to open this door up for him. Jesus is here. Jesus is in this place this morning. Jesus wants to go home with you, but you've got to open the door and welcome him in. You have to find that place at the altar. You have to repent. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, you have to go in the watery grave of baptism. And he promised that if you would, that he would fill you with his spirit. And you can walk out with him dwelling in your heart and dwelling in your soul. Amen. You can drink from that well and you'll never thirst again. You can drink from that well and he'll give you life eternally. He came to give you life he came you don't know the hurt you don't know my background no but he does and he said I'm not going to leave you comfortless I will come to you I will come to you you're not alone you're not alone because he came And just like that woman at the well, he knows your story. He knows your life. He knows your failures. He knows your disappointments. He knows your hurts. But he said, I must needs go through Samaria. I don't want this to sound cheesy, but I feel like he said today, I must needs Go through Olathe, Kansas. Monticello Terrace. Because there's someone there that needs me. 
and I'm sitting at the well because I know she's coming to the well and I'm going to reach out to her. No one else may want to talk to her. No one else may want to have anything to do with her. But I'm ready to talk to her. I'm ready to go home with her. I'm ready. I've got to go through Samaria. There's, I tell you what, he's in this place today. He said, I got to go to Olathe. There's someone needs me. There's someone needs my help. There's someone that needs peace. There's someone that needs joy. There's someone needs salvation. But I have to go by. I've got to come to that altar. I've got to bring my need to the altar. He's here, but you got to open the door. He's here, but you got to swing that door open and say, I need you. He wants to go to your house. He wants to go home with you. He wants to sup with you. But you got to open the door. Would you see him? Would you see him? Won't you please come? Don't pass this off to somebody else. He reaches out to you right. He's drawing you right now. He's reaching for you right now. But you got to open that door. You got to open the door. You got to let him in. You got to let him in. I must needs. I must needs. I've got to go by. That gulf was so vast. The crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his domain. It seemed so far. I cried, oh Lord. Can't come to where you are. So he came to me. He came to me. He came to me. He's coming to you this morning. He's knocking on the door of your heart.